0: Welcome back to the podcast. This week we have bad stoppages, retirements, John Jones being a jerk, shocking absolutely no one, and a ton of speculation. I'm Coach Snow and this is my corner. Welcome to the show. We are going to get into a really quick recap of the uh, event over the weekend, uh, we have a lot to talk about, obviously. So I'm going to try to make it as brief as possible just to keep this thing from running too long. But uh, yeah, so let's just get into it. I'm um, going to do a recap of the fights that uh, are the ones that I definitely want to talk about. Uh, first I want to talk about is uh, Jojoba, who lost her fight by a um, doctor stoppage at the end of the first round. Um, You know, I've seen some medical stoppages in my day, and I guess that right now in the time of corona, they're probably going to be a little bit more. um, They're going to look at these a little bit harder. But in my opinion, I think it was a bad stoppage. Uh, She had a cut on her nose. It wasn't bleeding into her eyes. Um, They barely gave them any time whatsoever between rounds. They had a full 30 seconds to get the bleeding under control. They gave them all of about 10 seconds, and then they called the fight off. Um, Yes, the cut was bleeding, but they didn't even really attempt to fix it or to close it up. Um, I mean, I think she was losing the fight, obviously. She got cracked enough to to bust her nose open, so it was bleeding pretty bad. But I don't know that it was a bad enough cut to really warrant a stoppage. so, yeah, I'm. I'm still gonna say I'm not terribly impressed with with the end of that fight. Um, that's one I would probably like to see ran back because it was it was an exciting fight up to that point. Like I said, I mean, it's she definitely wasn't winning the fight, but to have it taken away from her like that is uh, is is pretty pretty ridiculous. So. Um, Tied to Ivasa, knocked out Stefan Struve, surprising absolutely nobody. Um, I called this one last week, and there's going to be a couple of those fights like that on this uh, recap that, you know, definitely feels good to say that I was right on some of these. Um, But, yeah, I mean, as much as I like Stefan Struve, I've been a fan for a long time, and he's definitely not old. He's only in his early 30s, but I. Just the last couple times I've seen him, I can definitely say that it feels like his best days are behind him. Um, you know, the whole fight, he just really stayed backed up. Uh, Tuivasa just really pushed the pace the whole time. Um, I don't think that he made it to the center of the octagon for the, for the whole fight. Uh, Tuivasa just kept him on his back feet and right at the end of the first round pushed him up against the cage and just started unloading and, and dropped him. So, and the shot that dropped him was mostly blocked. It didn't even look like a really clean shot. So I just, you know, I like Stefan Struve, but man, he's just, he just, he just looks fragile these days. And it really showed in that fight because, you know, again, it wasn't even a really full clean shot. It didn't even look like a very hard shot in my opinion, but it was enough to just crumple him and they stopped the fight so you know hats off to Ty Tuivasa I know I'm spending more time talking about Stefan Struve in the Tuivasa one um I will say that Tuivasa definitely looked you know I it's it seems weird to say that the guy looked lean in the fight because he's really not um but he definitely looked smaller in this fight than I've seen him in previous fights And he did mention going into this fight that he was trying to get into a position that he wasn't having to cut weight to fight at heavyweight, which is, um, you know, it's 265 pounds. So hats off to him for for coming in um, at a good weight, and he definitely looked a little better, and I'd like to see where he goes going forward in that regard. Um the rematch that I really wanted to see between Kudailaba and Ankolev, was in was on this card. Um, definitely a much slower start. Um, uh, we saw much more composed um, Aon Kudailaba in this fight. Um, but with that being said, even though he was a lot more uh, reserved and I don't want to say conservative. But he definitely wasn't just running out there and, and just throwing hands like he did in the last fight. Um, it was very clear from the beginning that Ankaleyev was the more dominant fighter and just the better fighter anyway. And then the way that he scored the knockout, and it was, and hats off to that ref for really just letting him fight and for not doing an early stoppage like they did last time. He really let him take some shots, and I was kind of, uh, and I was kind of shocked at how many shots he let him take. But it was a, it was an emphatic knockout, um, and it left absolutely no doubt that Ankoleev was the better fighter. And um, so, you know, I think that we can now put this, we can put this to rest. So good, I'm I'm happy. Um, first round knockout to Ankoleev. Uh, um or murphy um defeated uh shakirova it was shakirova's debut i will say that in the first round i was very impressed with shakirova um i haven't seen her fight before and so seeing her come in and fight a veteran like murphy was um i mean i feel like she was looking pretty impressive but at the end of the first round murphy locked her up really bad in the clinch and you could tell that that really took a lot out of her um at the very beginning as you know as soon as the second round started shakirova was much slower um much more hesitant and um you know she had good movement even though she was tired but she's but she was spending a lot of energy retreating and getting out of the way and uh So when Murphy locked her up in the clinch and took her down in the second round, I mean, it was just academic. It was uh, not even close. She just took her down, um, absolutely dominated her and submitted her on the ground. So I'm interested to see not only uh, what Murphy does going forward, because, again, I mean, she's she's a veteran. She's been doing this for a long time. And uh, she might be, if she continues the way that she fought this fight, um, you know, she's going to be moving into into the, the waters of being a contender for a championship fight within the next year or so. Um, but Shakirova, I mean, it was a disappointing debut for her, uh, but I still feel like, you know, she took this fight on pretty short notice and that, you know, obviously she lost, but I mean, especially in that first round, I mean, she definitely showed a lot of potential. So I'm looking forward to seeing her in the future and seeing um, how she bounces back from this loss um, you know, again, it's very disappointing to lose that way, especially getting finished in your debut. But, you know, hats off to Murphy. I mean, she doesn't have anything to be ashamed of. I mean, she went out there and and was and looked, I said, you know, really good. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see what she does going forward. But that was a, uh, that was a pretty disappointing loss. Um, probably my favorite knockout of the night was uh, Hawes. And he absolutely smashed Malcoon. Uh Just, wow. Um, you know, Malcoon came into this fight with, he was undefeated. This was Haw's debut in the UFC. And, uh, I mean, he started fast. It was a quick knockout. I mean, you could see just immediately that he just started backing him up, wasn't letting him get anywhere, and uh, gave him no ground whatsoever and just absolutely walked through him. Um, so, end of that undefeated streak, and it was in spectacular fashion. It's a quick fight. It's definitely one that I think you should watch because it doesn't take very long to watch it. And um, it was, uh, like I said, it was it was my favorite knockout of the night. So, yeah, good uh, good on haws. I'm excited to see what he does going forward. Um, you know, I. Talked, I think, briefly last week about uh, Alexander Volkov fighting Walt Harris. Um, you know, Walt Harris just has—he is has such an interesting story because he's this—he's a fantastic fighter. Um, he's one of my favorite fighters at heavyweight. Um, but you know, his his struggles out of the ring. Um, His—I mean—and you can look it up. There's a lot more that I'm going to be able to do justice here. But his stepdaughter was kidnapped and later found murdered and um it clearly um was weighing very heavy on him I mean as it would anybody and his last fight was against Alistair Overeem and that was his first fight um since the news had came out and he really wanted to go in and like dominate and win that fight just to you know to honor her memory and he looked really good in the first round he really had alistair over him hurt and then just got knocked out cold in the second um so it was very disappointing and he was very emotional and you could tell he was very emotional and um you know this this fight was very similar um you know he looked really good kind of through the opening but then at the very end of the first round um I mean, Volkov was controlling the center for the entire first round. So um, it's not that he looked bad, but he did look tighter. Um, His punching was crisper. He was much more composed. He wasn't just going out there and and throwing. Um, He looked a lot better in this fight, in my opinion. But, you know, the same thing happened here. It was, um, you know... Volkov really took over in the last round or the last minute or so of the first round, and had him hurt really bad. It looked like he was going to finish him, and then in the um, second round, he hit him with just a perfect kick, straight to the body, and um, and uh, and then just finished him on the ground. Now, the two major points that I wanted to take away from this fight were one. I feel really bad for Walt Harris because this is two fights in a row that he has been out there and trying to honor the memory of his late stepdaughter, um, only to just get cracked and finished in the second round. I, you know, I don't. Everybody processes grief differently. Um, I certainly know that I do, and it's, it's, you know, I. It's not fair of me to have anything to say about this man and how he is handling it, and. This might be the best thing for him, but to see him lose two fights back to back like this by knockout is, um, you know, it makes me wonder if he how he's going about this. If it I mean, obviously, you know, it's weighing on his mind, um, you know, maybe it's maybe best for him to some take some time off and um, he can train, you know, it, it certainly helps me to stay active and you know to process things like that and um to get the workout in and take your mind off things like i I totally get that and that might be really good for him have him you know he can keep training but you know to see him lose two fights back to back like this and both in the same way it's uh you know it's pretty disappointing uh for someone who i feel like is one of the better fighters at heavyweight and um it's just clear that these that he's got a lot emotionally going on and it's really taken a toll on him. The other thing is I think it was pretty clear that, um, especially DC on commentary was really cheering for Walt Harris in this fight because Volkov hit him with an absolutely textbook, perfect kick to the body. Um, You know, if you look at that kick, it was it was not even close to being a low blow. But when he finished the fight, that was all the commentators talked about um, until they showed the replay. Was that it looked like he hit him with a low blow and then finished him? And I just feel like that really took away from Alexander Volkov. Like, look, I get it. You know, Walt Harris is going through stuff. It's been very public knowledge and. You know, who, who wouldn't be cheering for him? You know, who doesn't want him to have this redemption story to go out there and, like, honor the memory of his, of his late stepdaughter? I know I do. I mean, you'd have to be kind of, you know, kind of a jerk to not want to see him succeed. But Alexander Volkov is still a huge threat at heavyweight, and he's shown that time and time again. And so for him to go out there and fight the perfect fight, I mean, he really just controlled the center of the octagon the whole first round. He had Walt hurt at the end of the first, came in the second, and hit him with a picture-perfect kick to the body and then finished him. It just felt, felt tainted a little bit, and it felt like they were taking away from the performance that Volkov put on by just immediately and consistently insinuating that he had hit him with a low blow. And, um that that's how he won and that the referee let him get away with it. And it just, and and I was just pretty disappointed with how the commentary team handled it. And, um, yeah, I mean, these guys are professionals. They, you know, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm just a, you know, <laughs> armchair quarterback, so to speak, you know, I'm just sitting around and, and watching this, but, you know, from, from a, a, a you know, a very long time fan. And from my perspective, um, it just felt wrong, and it felt like it felt like they were trying to take something away from an absolutely spectacular performance by Volkov. Um, just because they really, you know, like me, they wanted to see Walt Harris go out and get this win, and um, yeah, it just felt yeah, I wasn't wasn't a big fan of it. it left a bad taste in my mouth for sure. Um, Co main event of the night was Robert Whitaker uh, versus Jared Cannonier. Um, you know, I really had had a lot of hopes for Canoneer in this fight. Um, you know, there was a part of me that really wanted to see him just go out and just absolutely uh, dust uh, Robert Whitaker so that that would set up that fight between uh, Israel Adesanya and Kananir. Um, but I got to say that Robert Whitaker looked fantastic, in this fight um the fight went to decision but i mean it was a very it was a very good uh it was a very good 15 minutes put in by robert Whitaker. and Whitaker really almost finished him in the third round i mean the the argument can be made that he did finish him but you know it didn't it didn't get called and that's how it is um he was just he absolutely went out there and was his combos were crisp. I mean, he had his hands down. He just looked relaxed. Um, his overall performance was so much more solid than anything we've seen out of him. And, and really, the last couple of fights, uh, he just looked fantastic. Uh, he used his range. He used his jabs. He was putting together combos like I've not seen out of Robert Whitaker in, in a while. Just his hand speed was fantastic. Uh, the fluidity of the way he was fighting um, it was it was fantastic. I mean, I just you know I know I keep saying that word and I sound ridiculous, but yeah. I mean, Robert Whitaker still is he's still a big threat at one eighty five, and he is still uh, very much I feel like a contender. Now, given the way that he was beaten by Izzy in the last fight, I don't know. I don't you know. Do I want to see a rematch? I don't know. I part of me thinks that there are so many better fights for Adesanya right now that a rematch with Robert Whitaker just feels like I don't know. It feels like it's not. It feels like if I had to pick like my top three fights for the next fight uh, for the next opponent for Izzy, Robert Whitaker is probably like number three. I just I think that there's much better fights on the horizon, much better fights on the table for him right now. Um, do I think that Whitaker deserves a rematch? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that given, you know, the way that he lost, you know, I, I understand why he didn't get an immediate rematch. But given the performance we saw in this fight against a high-level guy like Cannoneer, and what you have to remember about Cannoneer is that he started his career at heavyweight, and watching him progress from heavyweight down to 185, is, ugh, I mean, it's mind-blowing. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. So to see the where he started and where he is now, um, I think that, especially after watching this fight and watching the way Whitaker performed in this fight, um, I think the argument definitely could be made that he deserves a rematch. And... Um, I just don't know, man. I, there's so many good fights that could be made right now between 185 and 205 that I just don't know. I don't know what I want to see more. So, um, I do have to get into, obviously, the main event. You know, The main event went more or less how I thought it would. Um, I was very uh, shocked to see um, how much slower Justin Gagey started in this fight against Habib. Um very shocked. I really expected him to, to really like just move forward more, but I mean honestly within I mean he you know Justin was using good movement and he was fighting a you know a smart round against Habib, but you could tell very, very quickly that he was just out of his depth. Um, he just looked very loose like he didn't know how to to get away. Or how to get out of the way of Habib and his the the pace, that's the thing with Nurmagomedov is just the pace and the pressure that he puts on people is it's like nothing I've seen in the entire time that I've been a fan of this sport. I've never seen anything like it, and it was um, and it was clear it was clear very early that. that Gagey's shots just didn't look like they were doing any damage whatsoever to him. And that's crazy. Um, from, you know, I've never seen Gagey fight somebody that didn't look like he was just rocking them. And uh, he looked like he was having absolutely no impact whatsoever on Khabib. Um, yeah, I mean, the pressure and the pace that Khabib put on him is. I mean, I mean that's what Nurmagomedov's done his whole career, right? I mean, that's that's why, and and I'll get to this later. That's why I think he's, you know, the goat, and um, just the the way that he fights is so dominant. It's like nothing I've seen for as long as I've watched this sport. I've never seen anybody who just mauls people the way that Nurmagomedov does. Um, but. You know, second round, um, Khabib got an, in, an insane takedown. I mean, he just he took him down and was straight to mount. Um, and then it looked like he was going to go for an arm bar and then transitioned into a triangle. And Justin actually tapped out probably four times and the referee didn't see it, and, uh, and he went to sleep. And that was bad on the ref for not catching that, but, uh, you know it is what it is so after the fight and some of the stuff that's gone on after and i'm going to talk a little bit more about this when i get into uh, headlines in a little bit but you know right after the fight um there was just a ton of emotion khabib was openly weeping in the middle of the cage um if you don't know kind of the background to this is that he had lost his father earlier this year um part of it was that he had already taken this fight before his father had passed away and he thought about not even going through but he is you know the way that you put it is that he's a man of his word and he said he would take the fight and he took the fight but he told his mom um that he just wasn't gonna go and fight without his dad there with him anymore and so he announced his retirement after this fight. My initial response to this was, um, I don't know if that's going to remain the case, but I think that, given the kind of person that Habib is and the way that he lives his life, that this is that this is it, and um, you know. A lot of respect shown between him and Gagey after this fight. Just a high level of respect. But it was definitely one of those. You could definitely tell that it was. Um, that there were different levels to this. And that Gagey was just. You know. And not just Gagey. But in this fight in particular. Justin was just not on the level of Khabib. And, um, and honestly. And this is just. You know, I'm gonna get into this because this is just my opinion. I think that Habib Nurmagomedov is pound for pound probably the best fighter that has been in the UFC for as long as I've been watching this sport. Um, he's tw- he is now retired at 29 and 0, he's undefeated. I mean, no one who does that who goes 29 and 0 undefeated, you, you know, no one does that. That's crazy, and not. Even that he went that way, but that he did that by being absolutely dominant. Like, he just mauled people. And it was, you can literally watch any of his fights. It's scary. I mean, he is just, the pace and pressure that he puts on people. And to just take them down and and just beat them up the way that he has done for his career is astonishing to me. And, um, you know, and and I know I keep keep saying this, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit more and I'm trying to save some of this for the headline segment. But, you know, it came out today that Habib said that he was going to go for the armbar, but that um, he knew that you know, because Justin Gagey was not a quitter, and he said that he knew that Gagey would not tap. And so instead of going for the arm bar, he just locked in the triangle so that if Gagey didn't tap out, he would just go to sleep and he'd wake up and he'd be fine. But he didn't want to make Gagey he didn't want to hurt he didn't want to hurt Gagey in front of his parents and his family that were out there. And just you hear something like that, and not only do you have like a you know a higher level of respect because he knew he was gonna win, he knew that he had Gagey beaten, but he could have really hurt him and chose not to. He chose enough restraint to be dominant enough to get the win, but not make his opponent look bad. Like, do you like that? Is so next level to me that I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, it's just that's in, that's insane to me, that not only is he this fantastic fighter, he's had this amazing career, he's getting ready to retire, but he still has the frame of mind in a fight that he doesn't want his opponent to look bad, even though he's just dominating. He doesn't want him to look bad or get hurt in front of their family. That's, I mean, what do you say about a guy like that? I mean, um, you know he lives his life very humbly, and you know he still like you know lives with his mom, and 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 his father before he passed away. But because he made a promise to his mom that he wasn't going to fight without his dad there, he's retiring, and he's retiring twenty nine and zero, and he's retiring in my opinion the, the the greatest middleweight or the the greatest lightweight of all time, um, and one of the greatest fighters of all time. So, yeah. Um, so, that's it. That's a that's a quick recap for the week. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will get into headlines. And welcome back for headlines. So, this week, I really only have one headline, and it's something that I'm going to do my level best to... Um, Stay cool-headed about, but it's something that's pretty, uh, whew, pretty upsetting to me. So, as a, if 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 any of you have ever heard me talk about John Jones before, he is probably he's got to be in the conversation for one of the greatest fires of all time. I'm Not going to take that away from him. Uh, nobody can take that away from him. Uh, he has. Realistically, never lost a fight. Um, the only fight that he's ever lost was by disqualification for a uh, twelve to six elbow, which I think is ridiculous. I think that's a stupid rule. I think it's one that's super outdated and should uh, should go away. But it is what it is. They've tried to appeal it. It's never going to get overturned. Um, so, when it comes to a fighting perspective, he is one of the greatest. Um, some people will say he is the greatest. I respectfully disagree, but that is the conversation. Now, with that being said, John Jones makes it, in my opinion, almost impossible to be a fan of him. Um, he seems to go out of his way to just rub people the wrong way and um, not in like a Colby Covington this kind of seems like an act sort of way but in a he has been where he is for so long that he has truly deluded himself into believing his own hype now again not saying anything about John Jones as a fighter but in his last fight you know The argument could be made that he lost that fight against Dominic Reyes. I think he lost that fight against Dominic Reyes. Um, I think that he absolutely, you know, I've talked about this before. I think he absolutely won the last round of that fight. Um, I would also make the argument he won the fourth round. But he only won the fifth round... In a very convincing way, and I think that Dominic Reyes won at least the first two rounds in a very convincing way. Um, but whatever, it is what it is. It's in the past, uh, Dominic Reyes went on to get absolutely starched by Jan Blachowicz. So that's that. That's that's in the books. Now, outside of that, um, now there is this whole thing with him and Israel Adesanya, and. You know, there's so many things that I can say about it, but, um, you know, he is being a certain way about trying to get this fight that just feels slimy to me. Now, you tack on to that the fact that, you know, I'm a fan of anime, and John Jones has said a lot of, you know, really crappy things about people who are fans of anime and um and you know it is what it is he has his opinions he's entitled to his wrong opinions just like everybody else um then you add into that that his antics outside of the cage are um you know whether it's being popped for uh performance enhancing drugs whether it's the DUIs whether it is the hit and run on a pregnant lady he just he makes it so hard to be a fan he makes it almost impossible now the other thing that I'll say in addition to all of those things is that when I first started seeing John Jones fight I was very impressed because he was winning fights and very fun ways he was entertaining he was an entertaining fighter to watch but he became the champion and since becoming champion he's only had maybe two or three fights that were in my estimation like good fights almost every fight that he has is i'll just say it boring it's just not fun to watch it's literally 25 minutes of John Jones with his, with his fingers stuck out and ramming them into people's eyes and backing up and just throwing front-leg sidekicks and just backing away from people and then turning it on just enough in the last round to win. Now, when Anderson Silva did this against Damian Maya, people acted like it was the end of the world. But and, and, and to this day people will talk about that fight between Anderson Silva and Damian Maya, and how boring that it was and how Silva was just refusing to engage and then just won the last couple of rounds and just coasted but yet John Jones is doing the exact same thing every single fight I feel like and people are like oh he's the greatest of all time oh he's the GOAT he's the, he's the best of all time he's got you know 14 uh, 14 title defenses or 15 title defenses and and he's just you know he's the greatest to ever do it he's the best pound for pound fighter of all time and uh no one's ever gonna be as good as John Jones and it makes me crazy it makes me absolutely crazy that that is the conversation that's going on right now and it's been going on for a long time but you literally look at you know pull up john jones's record for the last like 10 fights they are snooze fests Every one of them And it is uh, And it It's astonishing to me That I've read this headline And It's this thing That John Jones is doing now Because he is so wound up And so sad And so heartbroken That people are saying that Khabib is the greatest of all time Over John Jones. And his entire argument... The entire argument that he has... Is that... Khabib's only had like... uh, Four title defenses. And John Jones has had more than him. That's true. I'll give him that. But... The other piece of that... That he's also saying... Is that... Khabib's only been beating like... High level competition... For the last however long When was the last time That John Jones Fought because he's cleared out Light heavyweight Right I mean he wouldn't he wouldn't Do a rematch with Dominic Reyes Because Dominic Reyes I think Beat him in the first fight He wouldn't do a rematch with uh, With uh, Santos Because You know he blew his knee out In that first round and then finished the fight And was winning the fight I think there was a very good chance that if that fight happened again and he didn't blow his knee out, what would happen in that fight? You know, again, and I, and I, and I swear I'm done talking about the Dominic Reyes fight. I still think he lost that fight, and but he wouldn't give him a rematch. He was afraid to fight Jan Blahovic because Jan Blahovic was, well, I mean, you see what Jan Blahovic has done to everybody that he's fought in the last little bit, you saw what he did to Dominic Reyes, who again, I thought beat John Jones, and he got knocked into another dimension by Blahovich. but instead of fighting any of those guys, instead of saying, look, there are fights for me to be had at 205 he just said, you know what I'm, not even, you know, I'm just gonna vacate the belt, because I just you know, whatever, because I'm John Jones and I just do whatever I want to do and, um, and my name is so big that they'll give me whatever money I want, and they'll give me whatever fight that I want, or I'll just walk away from it. And this is after, I mean, how many fights did he have over the course of like five years, leading up to, let's say, 2018 or so, 2019? Hardly any, because he was either suspended for PEDs, or he was suspended because he was out drunk driving or he was out running his car into pregnant women and then we finally get to see him fight again and it's like everybody was so excited that John Jones was back and then he comes in and puts on the most boring fight you've ever seen in your life I don't know I don't get it but watch literally any Habib Nurmagomedov fight and watch the way that he fights versus how John Jones fights. Khabib goes forward. He puts pressure on people. He puts a pace on people. He dominates fights. He leaves no question. There's never been a fight that Khabib has won that you were like, no, oh, well, he. I think that he lost that fight. Maybe he lost that fight. No, he leaves no question. And the way that he beat people left no question. There was never a question. You know, he just was the most dominant fighter. And um, so it feels like to me to have John Jones come out and start talking all this trash about a guy who literally just retired, who he's never going to fight. You know, Khabib is retired, and what... What in what world would you ever see Habib, who is a hundred and fifty five pounder, fighting John Jones, who was fighting at two hundred five. You're never gonna see that fight. So I think it's pretty rich of him to come out and start talking all this trash now when he knows that he would never fight that guy. He wouldn't even fight Jan Blahovich. And now it's you know, who knows who John Jones is gonna fight? Is he going to go to heavy white, heavyweight and fight uh, Stipe? Who knows? Is he going to go to heavyweight and fight Francis Ngannou? Who knows? Is he going to just talk trash about Israel Adesanya, or is he going to fight him? And if he does, at what weight? It's John Jones. Is is he has a lot of things to say for someone who I feel like doesn't have a lot of a lot of ground. To to hold here, you know, he wouldn't fight anybody that was a legitimate contender either at two hundred five, and then he wouldn't just come out and say, "Hey, look, I'm the two hundred five champion. I'm gonna do what DC did, and I'm gonna step up to heavyweight and be double champ." He just was like, "No, you know what? I'm John Jones, and I'm too." Uh, I'm too much of a badass for all of this, anyway. I'm just going to give the belt up, and and the UFC—they'll come to me when when they need something, or when when they find something that's uh, heaven forbid good enough for me to take that fight. And um, it's it's a lot, and I know I'm Rand and Raven, but this just—it's—it's it's so frustrating to me that. John Jones loves to talk about people in weight classes he's never going to fight. And he loves to talk about how many title defenses that he's had. But, you know, you know, um, Mighty Mouse had more than he did. And you don't hear anybody talking about him as being the greatest of all time because, you know, he wasn't always the most entertaining fighter to watch and i think that john jones is the same way and you know if you're a huge john jones fan good for you like i said i i've got respect for especially the way that he fought early in his career and um for the names of people that he's beaten but to barely scrape by on point fighting is not entertaining to watch and it doesn't make you a great fighter. It's to me, it's a quality over quantity thing. Like has he won a bunch of fights? Sure. He hasn't won as many as Khabib. Has he won more title defenses? Yes. But that's only because Khabib has only been in the UFC for not a very long time. But look at his career in the UFC and how dominant he has been, and the way that he has beaten people. And he's still undefeated. And he retired undefeated. And I feel like he has done more and been a better champion because not only is he beating these people, but he's beating them in a dominant, spectacular fashion and in a much more respectful and um, sportsmanlike way. And the respect that he has for people, the respect that he had for Dustin Poirier after their fight, and what he's done, and the respect that he had for Justin Gagey in this fight, even, like I said, even dominating him and winning that fight, but doing it in a way that was that respectful, to have Khabib do those things, and then have John Jones come out and be like, oh yeah, I've defended my belt more than him, so dismiss. Thank you, next pass him on like he's nothing and John Jones can't quit popping for steroids or running his car into pregnant women or doing coke long enough to even actually try to fight somebody and all he can do is just kind of kick people away and hold his fingers out because he's you know as tall as he is and he knows that he's just gonna ram his fingers into people's eyes look at any other fighter there's literally not another another fighter in the UFC who pokes people in the eye more than John Jones because that's all John Jones does is hold his hand out with his finger sticking straight up so that you can't engage with him, you can't get in his range. And that's just, you know, the people that are the huge John Jones fans, they're going to be screaming at me right now. And if you want to come after me, then come after me. But John Jones is not the greatest fighter of all time, and that is the hill I will die on. So. Um, that's it for headlines. I'm going to take another quick break, and when I come back, uh, I swear I'm going to make it fast, but we're going to do predictions. Welcome back. Um, whew, yeah, I'm still trying to pull off from that last segment, but I do want to get into uh, my predictions for this weekend. Uh, we have a UFC fight night this weekend between uh, Uriah Hall and Anderson Silva. Um, Anderson Silva has said this is his last fight, win, lose, or draw. This is it. Um, but I, you know, Uriah Hall, I think is a great fighter. He's one of he's been one of the people I've really enjoyed watching for a long time. I'm not sure. What this fight makes the middleweight division look like after it? Um, Anderson Silva is one of the greatest of all time. That's just all there is to it. You know, I was... Uh, I've been a fan of Anderson Silva since ugh, uh, 2006, 2007-ish. Uh, long time. And... Um, you know i've watched every fight that he's had in the ufc from his debut against chris lieben which is still one of my favorite fights uh may pop up on my hall of fame before long uh who knows but it is one of my favorite fights and uh silva's had some of my favorite fights of all time not um not his fight with forrest griffin not because it wasn't a dominant fight because it absolutely was and it's one of the craziest highlight reel fights of all time but uh Forrest Griffin is my all-time favorite fighter, and that's just you know, if if you don't you can come at me. Forrest Griffin's my favorite fighter of all time, and uh, oof, man, he looked uh, he looked bad. He looked really bad in that fight, and I'll never forget exactly where I was and I watched that fight live, and uh, man I was I was hurt. <laughs> I was hurt bad from that one. So um, outside of that Anderson Silva is one of my all-time favorite fighters. I've been a fan of him for a long time. I've only ever cheered against him in two fights. Um, One was that fight against Forrest Griffin, and the other one was when he fought uh, Chris Weidman. And I'll get into that another time. But other than that, I've been a huge fan of the Spider. And, you know, but he is well past his prime and that is apparent to anybody that's watched literally any of his last couple of fights um and when he lost to adesanya I really thought that should have been his last fight that was definitely a passing of the torch kind of moment a changing of the guard if you will and um so to see him still fighting after that fight I just mm, it hurts my heart but um in this fight, you know, I think that, you know, like I said, I think Anderson Silva is definitely past his prime. I think that Uriah Hall is still young. I still think he's got a lot of fights left in him and a long way to go. Um, but he, you know, again, hasn't been super impressive. He hasn't been very active in the last few years, and I just don't know. I don't know about this as a as a main event fight. I think that Anderson Silva still draws because of who he is. Um, I think that Uriah Hall is always a threat. I think he's always in the con- in the conversation, but I don't know how I feel about this fight. To be honest with you guys, I just, especially as a main event, I think this would have been a good fight to have had on this past weekend as a as a main event, or uh, even the featured prelim. But I get that it's Silva's retirement fight, so they're going to give him the main event, but. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Um, as far as a prediction goes, I'm going to go with Uriah Hall by decision. Um, there really are only two other fights that I wanted to touch on very quickly, and that is a co-main event between Andre Philly and Bryce Mitchell. Um, Touchy Philly is, is one of the most entertaining fighters. He I, I really like this guy for some reason. Um, he's not always super impressive, and he's fighting a top fifteen guy and Bryce Mitchell. Um, I am going to go with my hope on this fight, and my hope is that Andre Feely wins by knockout inside of two rounds. Um, I don't know, but I man, he's just. I don't know why. I mean, he hasn't really like given me, I guess, a really good reason, but he's just fun to watch, and uh, and he's he's one of the he's one of the guys that I am always looking forward to when his next fight's going to be. So I'm going to go Andre Feely in this one. And then the last fight that I want to touch on is (laughs) Maurice Green versus Greg Hardy. Um, Man, I tell you, the UFC, they're they're doing their best with Greg Hardy to make him uh, someone that people care about. But at the end of the day, it's just a big... Goofy looking dude who has a lot of domestic violence allegations, and um, those things stick to you. And um, given what we know about most NFL players, I'm inclined to believe. I'm inclined to believe the allegations, um, especially kind of look at the guy and he kind of, you know, I don't know. I guess it's probably wrong of me to say that, but he just kind of looks like he's uh, beat up a couple of women in his days, so. Um, He's going to be Maurice Green again. I don't know if we're ever going to actually see Greg Hardy fight somebody substantial in the UFC. Um, they keep going out of their way to put him in these fights with people who they think he's going to go out there and just smash. Him. And he has been. I mean, he hasn't been. It's not that he's been unimpressive as a fighter. I'm not saying that. And I don't mean it that way. Um, and he has had some pretty high-profile knockouts and... Um, but, you know, he also lost his, like, main event debut because of a, a disqualification. So I just I feel like he is a big name and a draw and that they want really badly to, to give him this push. Um, but this isn't WWE, and Greg Hardy's not Roman Reigns. And he's just, a, he's not a super impressive fighter. I mean, I'm not super unimpressed with him but I don't think that he is at the level that he should be fighting consistently on main event cards and that is just my opinion Um, you know he's going to go into this fight with Maurice Green Um, I'm going to say Greg Hardy by knockout inside of two rounds Um, maybe even the first round but yeah I am more looking forward to the day that we see Greg Hardy start competing against a top 15 guy or a top 10 guy and seeing what happens. Because, you know, right now he's early in his career. And, you know, you know, I'll give him that. I mean, he is early in his career. And he's fighting the level of competition that is expected out of someone who's only had a handful of fights. Um, but I still – I just can't get past the fact that this guy was a, you know, professional football player and – uh, you know, nobody would touch him in the NFL because of his domestic violence. They were so bad that even the NFL, none of the NFL teams wanted him. So, you know, I think it's kind of a bad look um, for the UFC to have that guy and to have him consistently being on um, main event or you know main cards. Um, but you know, I'm I'm interested to see if he can really write a redemption story for himself in the UFC and to me at this point that hasn't been done but you know I've seen crazier things happen in uh, all my years of watching this sport so we will uh, we will see what happens with him but yeah I'm going to I'm definitely going to say Greg Hardy by knockout inside of 2 rounds so that's it for today guys um you know I'm I'm doing this at the the risk that I'm gonna get some some hate for it because of my uh, my very strong opinions about John Jones. But um, if you have you know stuff you want to say to me, if you want to reach out to me, I do have an email address. It is coachsnowpod at gmail.com. Again, that's coachsnowpod at gmail.com. Um if you have enjoyed this or if you like what I'm doing, um, you know, don't forget to give me a subscribe or or follow this podcast. If you are uh, following this from a link that you've seen on the Book of Faces, then, you know, give it a share. You know, leave me comments. Let me know what you think. Um, I have had today two people ask me when the next episode was, and uh, that makes me feel pretty good. So uh, I'm going to keep doing this for as long as I can. Um, Yeah. So that's it for today, you guys. If you want to reach out to me, um, just drop me a line. Again, it's CoachSnowPod at gmail.com. And uh, I will see you guys on Thursday. Thanks. Bye.